0: Well done Leah, awesome job Leah and uh, I know you're hiding back there somewhere, I can see you but um, you know God is always working in you darling and you know you just, there's, there's more depth for you and you just need to keep going and, and uh, keep discovering deeper places of love and joy and peace in him and, and then that, that comes through the church and it really came through this morning, thank you, breakthrough anointing, come on let's pray over God's word this morning we're in the middle of a series, In Him. Father, we thank you for your word to us today. We thank you for the work of your spirit in each of our hearts, even when we're not aware of it, even when we can't see you, Lord God, you're so close and you love to get into our hearts and open doors and touch places that we think are untouchable, reveal things that we don't understand and teach us your ways. And I pray for our hearts to be in that receptive place of truth where you work in us and through us, so we can be larger with love and life and joy, Lord God, and and overflow in this community. We bless you today. We thank you for your will be done in this meeting here today. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah, you can have a seat. Great to be sharing with you this morning. It's always an honor, and we are in the middle of a series called In Him, Uh, and so we should have a scripture come up. We're looking at uh, the first chapter of Ephesians and uh, several statements in that chapter say in him they say in him and in him is the foundation of Christian life really uh, it's where we find our life it's where we find all things I always think that that faith in Christ is like a treasure hunt because the Bible says that our life is hidden in Christ and so that that treasure of God is hidden in Christ. And there he's so big and he's so full of life and love and available that he has so many things to be discovered in him. And it was a life that he modelled in the Father, that Christ, that Jesus was in the Father. His friends said to him, show us the Father. They said, show us the Father. And he said, don't you know who I am? Even after all this time you've been with me, Don't you realise that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? And he said to them, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I used to think Father God was some big scary guy, like Gandalf the Grey with a big long stick on a throne, or Gandalf the White probably, if you know the Lord of the Rings. Some old guy with a stick, a little bit like unapproachable, distant. But Jesus, he was all right because you could come near to him because he came near to everyone. But the Father is the same, it's the same love, it's the same overflow. And he's not old, he's the ancient of days, but he's young and he's youthful. And he's in heaven, heaven is the place of his throne. Although I don't know if heaven really contains him because he's so big, I don't know if there's anything that is possible to contain the Father. It's just that heaven is the place of his throne. Maybe he's outside that, it says that the universe is his footstool. But he's massive and he's awesome. And he's come near in Christ. And just as Christ was in the Father, the offer for us is to be in Christ and so be in the Father as well. But our offer is in Christ and Christ is in the Father. So we are connected to the Father, Father God, Father of all creation, all love in Christ. And so there's this in him, in him that we have. And if you look at the life of Jesus He said, even if you don't know that, believe on the works that I've done to know that the Father is in me. And he had exceeding joy. He had so much joy that his, his joy was as much as the culmination of everyone else's joy in the whole planet. He had so much life and so much joy. And he wants you to have life and joy. And life and joy and faith are found in him. And just as he was in the Father, he says to us in John chapter 15, he says, now remain in me and I will remain in you that you will bear much fruit. And it is his will that you will know God and that you will know him in your heart and that he will have a home in your heart and you were invited into that. So in Ephesians, in chapter one, and we're up to verse 11, if we can find that, that would be great. In verse 11, and it says this, as we continue through these in him statements, it says, in him, we were also chosen This is a really fantastic passage of scripture, and the whole chapter is something to really meditate on all the time. So let's start at verse 11. It says, In him we were also chosen. You know, God chooses you. I don't know if you realize that, but God chooses you, and that should give you great confidence right there. I don't know about you, but that gives me great confidence. You know, I run a business and I have about 13 or 14 staff. And that can really deplete your confidence sometimes when things don't work out. You might, it seems great sometimes. Yeah, you own a business. That's great. But you know, there's a lot that comes with that. And this year, it's actually been quite tough. And so sometimes my anchor is, well, I'm chosen. I'm a son. He has selected me. And I don't think I'm going to fail. I'm going to hang on to him because he is in me and he's hanging on to me. And that gives you great confidence to know that I'm chosen That you are chosen. That should give you a sense of significance, a sense of purpose, a sense of high value. You know, your life has highest value. You might not realize that, but God places the fullness of life, the fullness of love and value on your life, your life. And he invites you into a treasured life in him. And so you are chosen. And Jesus, he was the firstborn among many brothers. And you know, he never has... He doesn't have a second born he doesn't have a third or a fourth you know you might think you're further down the line you might think oh well that guy's more important than me that's not true when Jesus is the firstborn he opened up the inheritance to the firstborn because in Jewish culture the inheritance always went to the firstborn male and it was always given to him and I always thought gee that that really sucks for the guy who's born fifth you know what I mean that's true but That's never really God's full intention. His full intention is for inheritance for everyone. So when Jesus died on the cross, when someone dies, their inheritance is left to their family. So what he does is he dies on the cross, takes away sin, and opens up all of God's inheritance to the firstborn. You know, you're firstborn. You're first choice. Everyone in the kingdom of God is first. You're all first. There's no second place. There's no third place. There's no last place. You are first in his sight. You are first and you will always be first. He will always have his eye on you. Whether you think that he's not looking at you, he always sees you. He's always near you. He's a lot closer to you than you realize. He is right here, right now, and he is for you. Does anyone remember back at school when you had to do PE? Do they still do this? Because when I went to Henry Kendall High School, this is what they did. All right. Westy, Clemo, we're going to have a game of football. You're the captains. You pick teams. You pick teams. All right, Tim, you've got the beard of authority. You're a teacher. Come out here, mate. We're going to pick teams. Yeah, come on. And this is what they would do. All right, we're playing rugby league. And I'm, I'm, just, I'm just actually giving myself a counselling session because I wasn't chosen first. I was chosen almost last. All right, so this is my healing. You can go first. As as rugby league, all right? And you've got to be really biased and, and really unfair to people who aren't good at rugby league. And you can have f- four picks. If you don't go now, I'm going to pick someone because I know who I want. But I'm going to pick Brendan. Brendan, you're on my team. Come out here. Too slow. All right, you better hurry up. Brendan, come out here. Come on, you're on my team. You're on my team. Aaron's cha- on my team. Aaron? I said, I said... We're not playing netball. We're playing we're playing rugby league. Rugby league. Who else is ridiculously strong and big? No, I got cuz. I want Linda. John, John you're on my team. You're playing I think you're playing netball. You should be choosing Shelley. You choosing Shelley. I would choose Luke Brown but he's up there. I won't pull you out. I'm going to be really biased. I'm going to choose actually Luke, you look really strong. Do you know how to play? It's Luke, isn't it? Yes, you look, you look strong. Can I pick you on my team? Can I choose you? It might be American football for this guy. All right, you got two more picks, and I've got one more. Now, you just pretend that we're getting real low here. There's not, there's, a, there's not many left. Did anyone have that? Why haven't you chosen Frosty? Frosty. Yeah, first point. First pick. Uh, I'll, I'll have. Uh, who's left? Oh, Craig. Craig, you're on my team. If I have to. Craig. He's going for facial growth. Well, this is my team and this is your team. And where you you guys are going to kick off? I think we got him, guys. Uh, no, I think we got him. We're going to pass the ball to John, and he's just going to run around you. All right, sit down. Back to the Bible. Come on. I feel better now. I didn't get picked last. Sorry, Craig. I just threw you in the deep end there. But you can handle it because you're strong. Did anyone remember when they used to do that? Did anyone have that at school? Did anyone? Come on. Who went to school in the last 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, uh, 50 years? Do they still do that in school? Tim, do they still do that in school? Last time, they'd still do it? Picking teams. It's such a It's it's such a terrible thing. Like the guys I went to school with were like strong and rugby league players and I was a soccer player so I was rejected straight away. And then, uh, you know, so they they still do these things in school. My girls came home, they were playing that game. Did anyone ever play that game at school? My girls were playing that game. Does anyone remember that game? That game. If you look at it, then you get punched in the arm. It's got to be below your waist. But then, if you stick your finger through it, you punch them in the arm. I'm like, what? They played this game when I was at school. What are you doing? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. But the point is all right, there's no person picked down the end. You were chosen by God. And you were chosen by God for a purpose. You were chosen by God. You're on his number one list, you're his first pick. In Christ, you are released into the first pick, firstborn, first chosen. And it says, in him, we were also chosen. And I think the key for this verse is actually back in verse 5. It says a few similar things previous to this, very similar. It says, for he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. He chose us to be holy and blameless in his sight. Blamelessness is is through Christ. Christ died on the cross to take away our sins and take all that is with that, all that's associated with your mistakes, with your failings, with whatever sickness, whatever thing, he takes it and that's where your sin belongs. It belongs dead and dusted, finished on the cross. That's blameless. Holiness holiness belongs to sons. Holiness belongs to to people and you cannot make yourself holy your life is not separated all right this is my holy life and this is my secular life all right this is where i'm spiritual and this is where i just go through the week now you you are now in christ you're made spiritual you're made holy you're made alive in him and he wants you to live holy and holy is actually very very simple you cannot make yourself holy that's religion That's what a lot of people try and do. They try and do this because I've got to get good. I don't quite feel right about myself. So I'm going to go and spend 10 days in this place. And then when I come out of this place, I'll be refreshed and spiritualized. And whatever else you've got to do to bow here and do this and kneel here and do that. And talk to this guy and pray to this person. And I don't know what people do. But religion is about rules, trying to get right, trying to get good in God's eyes. But Jesus, the work of the cross received in you makes you... Blameless and makes you on the path of holiness because holiness is not just about who you are, it's like a pathway, it's about sonship and a, a pathway. And holiness is, is simply this that you are consecrated, that you are set apart, that you have a purpose driven life, and that you are separate from sin. And it comes down to this very simple command that Jesus gave it says, Love God and love people. That's holy living, love God and love people that's that's holiness right there loving God and then the outworking of his love through you to love people to help someone to do something is holy living so there's an experience of holiness through Christ through the church into the community that we're all called to be a part of and you're not going to be perfect okay it's okay to be holy and not perfect it's just about being alive in Christ and being holy and being chosen in that place of holiness And so Matthew Henry says this, he's a really spiritual dude who lived a long time ago and wrote some really amazing books. That's all I know about Matthew Henry and he's worth reading. So, such holiness as proceeds from love to God and to our fellow creatures, this charity being the principle of all true holiness. All true holiness. So there it is right there. If you think you've got to try and be good or whatever, you're you're chosen to be holy for an outworking of God's love reflected to him and reflected in the community. It's that simple. Holiness. All right. So in him we were also chosen, for all that stuff that I just shared with you, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. All right. Having been predestined according to the plan of him. You know, when I, when I got married, Sarah and I had big plans. We want to have kids. That was it. We thought, we'll buy a house and we'll have children. It's true. So we had a couple of daughters. And then when I had a couple of daughters, people would say to me, you're going to need a gun. I don't know. Does anyone else have daughters here? So, and have you heard that? You're going to need a gun. So now I have four daughters. Now people say to me, you're going to need two guns. And I'm not looking forward to the day when that young fellow comes knocking on my door and what am i going to do. I just, I mean, I'm in a place of anxiety when I think about it. I have anxious thoughts. Sometimes I, I just think like terribly. I think if he comes and I punch him in the face and then he comes back, he will be worthy. That's right. That's right. I know some of you boys, some of you, guys, some of you people have sons and you've been looking at my daughters and thinking, matching, matching them up, but you've got to come through me. I don't think I can get a gun or two guns because I might end up in prison, but I think I can get away with a punch in the face. Or maybe I put on my flippers and my snorkel and my mask and my undies and answer the door like that. I don't know. I'm freaking out about this. I'm freaking out about this. It's, my, me is 10. I've got a few years to work it out. Pray for me. I need help. Although I do think there is some young fellows around here. Good parents. Parents are in church, dress well, play the guitar. Mel, he's a great kid. Uh, and he also plays soccer for East Gosford Football Club, um, which qualifies him instantly. So um, if you know me, I've played soccer there for a very long time. So Mel is the only one that's accepted in this church. <coughs> He doesn't, and don't tell him because I don't want him to get proud because I might have to revert back to the fear of that moment. Anyway, we had a family and we had a plan for a family, you know, and we are in the middle of that plan. And you know, God has predestined you and He has a plan for you and He wants to work out everything in conformity with the purpose of His will. And His will was started at the start through Adam and Eve. He said, oh, okay. Here's the garden, you got all dominion, and authority, it's all yours, and I'm with you. Now what I want you to do is go into the world and be fruitful and multiply. That was it, that was basically it. I don't know if I've forgotten anything right there, but that is it in a nutshell. Adam and Eve, and go into all the world, be fruitful, multiply. And I think they forgot that God was going to be with them, or something like that, because sin came, they rebelled against God, and sin came. And his plan was sort of messed up. But in Christ, that plan is restored. And his first commission is in agreement with his second commission. And his second commission is going to the world. It's what Jesus told his disciples after the resurrection. Go into the world, preach the gospel, make disciples of all nations. Raise the dead, heal the sick. That was the second commission. And that's what we're involved with. And basically, it's God's family in the earth that we're a part of, that you're invited to in his will. You're invited to the will of God, being God's family. And it is ridiculously good. It's a great thing, God's will, his purpose for you in in this place. And he has predestined you to be in his family. It says back, if we look back a couple of verses in Ephesians 1 verse 5, it says, in love, right? In love, because God is love. And everything. When you read the Bible, read through the, through the eyes of love, and it will be different. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. In accordance with his pleasure and will. So people don't adopt their own children. Chris actually said this a couple of weeks ago. People don't adopt their own children. You are made in his image and in his likeness. If you want to know what God looks like, he has got hands and feet and a body and his image. That's his image. But his likeness was lost through sin. His likeness was lost. But in Christ, the same likeness is now restored. So you can be like Jesus. You can be a son of God. And that is his predestined plan according to his will, that you will be in his family. That you will be in his family. And the invitation there is to be actually born again, And adopted as a son or a daughter in the house of God. And the opportunity for us is a short end or a long end. It's to line yourself up with his plans or to line yourself up with your plans. And you can go your plans. The Bible says everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. Everything, you can do what you want. But God has laid it all out on the cross through Christ and now lays it all out for future and eternity in heaven and this is what Ruth talked about last week when God wraps everything up at the culmination of all things and you want to have a long end, an end that never ends. You don't, want to, you don't want to miss it and have a short end in this life because there's so much more life to live. This life will be a distant memory one day. It'll be in eternity, in eternity. And so that's his plan is to have you in the house of God as part of his family. And it is good. It is good for you. All right. In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him, who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. In order that we who were the first to put our hope in Christ might be for the praise of his glory. Verse 13. And you were also included in Christ. Again, you're included in Christ. When you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. And here we have... Further down the track now of, all right, God's, God's will in Christ, okay, in his family. Now you have a mature believer and someone who's about to come to Christ. Here you have, might be for the praise of his glory. We just sang a song, I give you glory for whatever you've brought me through. I give you glory. God, God, as you go along with God, there will be glory to glory to glory. And that is simply God's little miracles, or God's working through you. And we always think of miracles as, as someone's got to get up from the dead, someone's got to have a limb restored, some some amazing thing. But you know, the the, the mo- most things are just simple things, the the ones that you know that are intimate to you, that God knows about, that He gives you, and and they're they're special, and they're. They're just little, little things that, that seem insignificant. You know, the biggest miracle in the Bible is when someone gives their life to Christ. That's the only miracle that causes a party for the angels. You know, that's, you know we, we think we're going to celebrate and we will celebrate. And the, the most amazing thing that we have in this church is Jedediah when he walks up the front here and the miracle of him not being alive for nearly 20 minutes and then for him to come back to life through the prophesying power of a... Super duper ma- uh, mother and mother-in-law, uh, grandmother, um, and what an amazing story, uh, and and so but but so many small God incidences. Like years ago, right? We go to Mexico, and and I I just get passionate about building homes in in just across the border in Tijuana for uh, um, uh, just. Poverty stricken areas. So I'm going with an Australian group who are going with an American group who are camping out in Tijuana and then going and building these homes. And every year we go, we come back into the States and we go to Disneyland. Yeah! We went to Disneyland. Well, after you've been to Disneyland, you think, what else is there? I want to go to Knott's Berry Farm. I'll go to Knott's Berry Farm. There's this other place. It's called Magic Mountain. Have you ever heard of it? Have, have you ever heard of Magic Mountain? Well, you have now. You're going to have to Google search. It's got 10 of the biggest roller coasters in the world. I'm telling you, that was my desire, my dream. I want to go to Magic Mountain. Everyone else wanted to go to Disneyland. So I went to Disneyland because I had to go with everyone else. Anyway, I gave it up to God. I said, God, I released this dream. This might not be in your plan. And I'm okay with that. I know I've had a few good rides It'll be okay. You know, you're allowed to have fun. Yeah? yeah? And so then years later, when I'm older. Much older. When I have 3 daughters, so to remember the other one wasn't born, we go on a family trip to Canada via Disneyland, which is a long way from Canada. And I'm telling you, do not fly to America, to LA, hire a car, get in it with your family and your mother and father-in-law and drive for 10 hours. Do not do that, okay? Because you need to stop and sleep for a night, at least. Oh, wow. That's another story. Whew. Just let one go through. Mate. Anyway, Tony and Tanya know all about it and it was fun. But we needed to sleep and I mean we were just all over the road I'm thinking are we going to die this the end of the Gervin family um, anyway anyway we come back after being in Canada and we have a spare day and Sarah says what are we going to do and I just simply say well I think we should go to Magic Mountain thinking it's a stupid thing to say because every other time I've said it someone said we can't do that every t- other time I've been there that's my only memory and then Mitchell and Sarah go That's a great idea, and I'm like, my life is fulfilled. I can go, God, you remembered. You know how you know, you know that that one thing. You know, God is into your little amazing silly things. It doesn't have to be a big powerful miracle for for you to know that He loves you and that these little things care. You know, I was so chuffed. I was more chuffed. About him letting me do like that opportunity coming because I believe that God orchestrates your steps. Then the the stupid roller coaster we went on like after about the fourth roller coaster, Sarah's face went white and green at the same time, and that was her out. And Mitchell and I were like little kids running to each one. Hey, let's go on this one. Let's go on this one. Whoa! That's like life in Christ sometimes. All right, what am I talking about? Ah, oh. that's right glory to glory and there's glory in answered prayers there's glory for your life in Christ with God because he will speak to you and he will speak in your heart and he will tell you things you don't know about and he will, he will help you to resist things the other night I was getting angry with my kids because they weren't brushing their teeth and I just hear this little it's okay, just settle down, don't get angry I'm like Oh, that was him. That was him. Yeah. Come on, girls. Brush your teeth. Brush your teeth. Brush your teeth. Come on, just brush your teeth. They're running in and out. toothpaste and... Oh, anyway. But he spoke to me there. He will speak to you. He cares about your little things, your big things. And he wants to overflow in glory. And you know, some things are very difficult to walk through. But grace is more revealed when you walk with him through difficult things. Because you get to understand him and he will never let you go through something that you cannot walk with him through. Because when you walk with him through, you come out the other side with the experience of him always being there. And that's the one thing that really, really matters. Oh, God is with me. God God was with me then. He's not going to let me down before. Is it? And you will find that he was with you and he's for you. And so from glory to glory is just going through life with God. And as you go through life with God, that glory overflows onto other people. And so when I was driving along one day and driving out, going to the beach on a Sunday in my old Volkswagen, there's this guy hitchhiking on the side of the road. And so I pull over and I pick him up and, he, and I'm like, I'm going to the beach where you going? I'm going to church. I mean, I don't know who hitchhikes to church, but this guy was hitchhiking to church. I mean, that's just really weird. But anyway, when he gets in the car, and he's uh, church is only like two minutes away, and he's running late, and he's walking, I'm like, man, that's a 15-minute walk and a three-minute drive. What are you doing anyway? So he just tells me about God. And what he tells me is, God set me free from a heroin addiction. Do you know how glorious that is for him? Because now he doesn't have any heroin addiction anymore and I knew that that just doesn't happen I mean getting off heroin is like trying to give up smoking you just it's just like people are so trapped in it it's terrible but I knew there was something supernatural about it and for me God was always pie in the sky He was, oh, he's up there somewhere I think he's probably Jesus because I think Jesus has the best case for anyone who wants to promote themselves as God whether it be Buddha or I don't know whoever else is out there Promoting themselves as God. Jesus promoted. And, and I'll find out one day. I'll find out one day when, I, I, when that day comes for me. But that's not the deal with faith in Christ. You've got to have faith in Christ today. And hopefully then you'll you know, pursue that and get that. So this guy tells me about how God's glory, really. He's telling me about God's glory. He's telling me about how God set him free. That's glorious. And I was like, I want some of that glory. And he didn't share the gospel with me fully, he just told me how good Jesus was and that he'd been set free. And for me, that really appealed to me because I was actually stuck in a drug addiction at the time. And so I was curious and I wanted to see what is this thing that's going on, this piece of glory that's going on. And so my heart was just like, all right, I've got to go check this out. So after about four months, I went and checked it out after thinking like that for four months. I'm like, I've got to go check this out because it's on my head all the time, stuck in there go to church and so that's what this is and this has always been there you realize that for every generation there have been those who are further down the track who have put their hope in christ they are the first ones in your generation and this is for each generation he was older in christ he's speaking to people who weren't as old in as old in christ And so he had more experience of God's glory. And this has always been there ever since Jesus was baptised. When Jesus was baptised, he went down into the water, came back up out again. John baptised him. Heavens were open. There was like a dove. The Holy Spirit came on him like a dove. It was a glorious moment. And a voice from heaven. And always think the Father's got a deep voice. This is my son whom I'm really pleased. I don't know maybe the father's just got a real quiet voice who knows but that came out of heaven and there was some guy standing there there was this guy Andrew he's standing there so the next day when Jesus walks past John goes look the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world that's the guy that's him you've been pointing at me but I'm not him that's him over there so what does Andrew do he goes I don't know if he did that, but he walked over. (laughs) He walked over towards Jesus. And Jesus was like walking over here. And Andrew was like... And Jesus was like, what are you doing? What are you doing? You know, anytime you move towards God, he moves towards you. It's always been like that. Anytime you shift yourself towards him, he's like, I've been waiting for you to do that. I'm coming over here now. If you want to know where God is, move towards him. You'll find him. So Andrew goes and they spend the day together. The next thing that Andrew does is he goes and gets his brother, You've got to come and see. We found the Messiah. He's from Nazareth. And his response is, What? Nazareth? Nothing comes out of there. It's a hole. It's one of the eight wonders of the world. It's a hole above ground. Nothing comes out of there. Anyway, so he brings him to Jesus and then he sees who he is. And so he falls at his feet. And that's it. It's overflowing glory. But Andrew saw Andrew was there, he was like, the heavens opened. I'm telling you, the heavens opened, and a voice came out of heaven, and then this thing, this like bird, this dove—I don't know what—but it was. I just felt such love and peace and light, and oh, this is amazing! It was glory. You got to come and see this guy. So it's a glory overflowing, and we are part of God's glory for this generation, because that generation—we can talk about them, but they're not—they're not walking out in the streets. You're walking out in the streets, and God's plan is working out through you. And so, whatever your glory is, as you get closer to God. That's going to overflow. You should have seen what God did for me. He took me to Magic Mountain and it was glorious for me. And he wants to take you to somewhere else. I don't know. Heaven. <laughs> Some of your basic personal testimonies are just awesome for someone else to hear. You don't have to go and tell someone oh, you should have seen this guy who's raised from the dead and all this other all stuff. You just say, you know, God loves you and i just feel God's love. So, That's glory, and you were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, that Jesus died on a cross, that he died on a cross for your sin, to take away your sickness and your sin and your mistakes and give you a fresh start in him. And then the last bit of this passage, did we ever get it up there? It says, when you believed, you were marked in him with the seal, the promised Holy Spirit. You know, well, there's a lot in there, depending on how you read it. So, if we go back to the Garden of Eden, just responding to your comment, Joe. Um, when you go back to the Garden, God would come and go, and He would leave them. He'd given them to it was perfect. Why would there be a problem? They had a perfect, and they had perfect God. And then a problem came. And now, you know, I think as a result, as part of it, God left them for a moment and they sinned. And now in Christ, you know, you're never alone. You know, loneliness is one of the biggest things going on in our community today. People feel this sense of loneliness, this sense of isolation. We're the most disconnected, connected people ever. I just got on Facebook. Um, You know, It's taken a long time and Sarah set me up and I'm sorry if I haven't accepted your friend request. But I I actually don't know how to do that. And I'm happy to stay in that place. I'm happy to stay ignorant on accepting friend requests because I'm not so sure about Facebook. And to be honest, I don't even know if I've got time for that kind of thing. But but there's a real sense of loneliness. But here, when you receive Christ in him... He gives you, you know, He gives you His best. He doesn't give you second best. He gives you who He is. And He gives you the Holy Spirit as a seal. You know, you're marked, you're covered. You're covered in the front, the rear. You're covered all around. He is he's marked. I don't know what you're into, but He is into you. And if He is in you, then you're protected, you're covered, you've got Him on the inside, and you are not alone. You are not alone. You might think it, you might feel it. Sometimes God actually feels like he's far away. But you know what I say to him? I say, you're too big, you cannot hide from me. And if you, you just point to him, you, 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 you can't hide from me. You are far too big to hide. I know you're playing that hide thing, but I know you're right here. Because in Christ, his presence, when that cross, when it was finished, grace flooded the earth. That's the release of a new covenant of grace between heaven and earth. And that's where his presence... Can I have the musos come up, please? That's when his presence was cast all into the earth. And he is with you every moment. He is there. And you can make yourself aware. You can tune in with your heart to his heart. You can tune in. And I know what it's like through the week and through... through Whatever you're going through, for me, it's like tired with kids and business and life. And I can forget that he's there sometimes. He's just doing my thing, whatever. But you know, he is always there. And I want to tell you this morning, you're not alone. You're not alone. He loves you too much to leave you alone again. That was once before, never again. He's always with you. You're marked in him with a seal, with a promised Holy Spirit. And you can bank on his promises you can you can be sure and absolutely certain, regardless of how you feel, that He is for you and that He is in you. Come on, while we stand and pray this morning. We hope you've enjoyed this week's sermon. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net.